Fresh Art International presents conversations about creativity in the 21st century. Good morning. This is Fresh Art International, and I'm Kathy Bird. We are streaming live from Jolt Radio in Miami, Florida. And today I'm popping into the station with some news. And first off, to say thank you to John Kenye. John, thank you for hosting this show at Joe Radio. <laughs> you're welcome, Kathy. Early in the morning today, and I'm seeing your wonderful face, and I have to say thank you as well. You know, it was about this time last summer that we met, and I pitched this fabulous idea of an art talk show. You know, now that, we, uh, that we're here talking about all this, uh, uh, my mother recently asked me how we were introduced, and I'm I'm always fascinated by by the fact that uh, or fascinated by people in general, but folks that come up to me and talk to me about having a specialty show, you know, versus just a regular email and we're gonna do this and then eventually we'll meet. But there's nothing like a a handshake in public. Uh, it means a lot, and that's yeah. exactly what happened. It is. You saw my energy. I was all excited, yeah, looking I, for a venue. I was actually, uh, if I recall correctly, um, I was actually at uh, 1306 that night. You were? And uh, you approached me with uh, two of your friends. I was DJing, and uh, and for some reason, you know, you gave me your card, and I remembered, because uh, usually, you know, DJ nights, you just pop in the card and all this, and, and eventually we followed up, and it happened. It sure did. And I remember you helped me. You taught me how to do remote broadcast. Oh, my yeah. first, <laughs> my first show was a remote broadcast from Sao Paulo Biennial. I know that was incredible. Nothing like trial by fire. Well, yeah, I I think uh, I I usually have that. Uh, I want to say approach to things here. Uh, a lot of new hosts when they come in, and I tell them, well, ideally, I will engineer your first show, but then eventually uh, you, I, I would like for you to engineer your own show or at least know the ropes of what uh, it all entails. And you don't need to be a sound engineer to really do this. Um, but, uh, but it's cool how you actually just went with it. And I know we were on and off. Uh, Shout-outs to, <laughs> to WhatsApp <laughs> because, uh, you know, international communications is a, a whole lot easier through them. And obviously, very uh, little expense as far as uh, phone bills are concerned. But uh, we managed, right? That's right. And what was cool was I took the entire remote broadcast kit in a backpack. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I was able to do it, uh, just set it up and click live. And there we were. And it's interesting because one of my goals in the coming year is to do more remote broadcasts, but in the place where I live. Correct. And so one of my goals is to get to build my own remote broadcast kit so I don't have to keep borrowing things <laughs> from you. <laughs> but we did premiere the show in Miami in October with Antonia Wright. Yeah. And Joyce Scott. And it's incredible how to how now now that we're recapping on uh, so much that's been done and obviously, there is a, a purpose why we're why we're doing this this uh, morning. But uh, but before we get into that, I I, I thought uh, I wanted to bring up you know so much uh, so much topics have been touched uh, 
obviously through you and the journalism that you do uh, via the um, the arts and 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 everything concerned with it. But uh, but I was I was thinking about it, and I'm like, man, you went you went to Berlin, you went to there, you were in France, you were in Norway. I mean, you name it. Not only that, but you've also touched on so many subjects that uh, that really highlight. Um, you know the arts in this community in 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 Miami, Florida, in general, and it also brings me to the uh, uh, to that one moment. I remember I went to uh, Radio Fest, which you had brought in uh, the lovely lady that organized Radio Heather Fest. Cook. Heather Cook, yes, Heather Cook. Shoutouts to Heather Cook, uh, wonderful, wonderful person. But uh, I remember. Uh, we I went out there and sat in a panel for you know the different online radio stations that uh, they were hosting, and then uh, immediately after that there was a couple of uh, journalists uh, from the Miami Herald and you know a couple other folks that listened to your show, and you know uh, they shook my hand and they told me that wow like thank you for hosting such a wonderful show, and I was kind of like. I was starstruck, you know. I was, whoa, really? Wow, I can't believe this. Um, so, so that uh, that actually meant a lot for me, and uh, and open it opened up my eyes, and I could say that is a fresh art international moment. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's so nice to hear. I didn't, I hadn't heard that before. And you know the big news this week, and I think you you posted it yesterday. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, I was I was thrilled. Uh, not only you know, I'm obviously I'm subscribed to their email. Uh, to their email blast, but uh, the moment I, I saw that, I was like, "Wow! Now we can actually talk about it." You know, uh, <laughs> usually with with all those, uh, you know, uh, I want to say winning those grants and stuff. It's uh, sometimes it gets into a very kind of awkward situation where you can't really say too much, but you're obviously excited, and you might even lose some sleep over it. Uh, and then, you know, when I saw that yesterday, I'm like, yep, I think it's official. I think I can post it. That's right. So the official news that we're talking about is that the Night Arts Challenge Miami 2017 selected Fresh Art International as one of the 107 finalists vying for $2.5 million. And did I, I don't know. We should thinking positive here. <laughs> I I'm, I'm I'm actually thinking of getting a, a board here that we can make like celebration sounds sometime. I think that's, that would be really that's good. That's gonna be an addition. Uh, that would in the be future. really good. But uh, I remember think our, when the Borscht guys from the Borscht Corporation oh, yeah. came on yeah, the yeah, show. Yeah. They had a lot of sounds of celebration. <laughs> Maybe we'll ask them for some. I think that would be ideal. So so you you were telling me that you want to tell the listeners a little bit about uh, what was the pitch about and right. uh, what you spoke obviously to them or or kind of mentioned and and told them this is what my project is gonna be about and I think the listeners should maybe hear the exact pitch right yeah and I then thought you it'd be can... fun to kind of share it I, I read it out loud to myself quite a bit <laughs> <laughs> so maybe uh, a- after you read it you can explain you know and and not corporate terms in a way uh or not not that it's not wonderfully written but just just tell them tell them okay okay well our pitch is was that got us to the finalist phase is we got the beat art talk radio motivates miami's creative community and our question is it's a curatorial question because i'm a curator Mm -hmm. 
what drives the culture makers that are transforming our city? And I've already started showing what drives them in the past 10 months Mm -hmm. with shows that have covered a range of topics. You've seen all the interesting people I brought into the station. Correct. And so we're joining local internet station, Jolt Radio, and expanding on five years of an audio podcast that I've been producing uh, online. Mm -hmm. So my platform is still virtual because this station is virtual, even though we're sitting here and we are in 3D, listeners. (laughs) We're here, and it's based on real people. But we're giving voice here to real artistic excellence, and we're encouraging experimentation. We're enlivening connections among Miami's inventive people, places, spaces, as never before, I feel. Mm. And I think the people that talk to you about listening, they feel it, and I feel it. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a grow, it grows on you. Um... Even even a lot of friends of mine will tell me, you know, that they will that they they do tune in early in the morning for your show because it's something it's something fresh, you know. The name says it, right? <laughs> uh, but, but I yes, guess to, I picked to the, the right name for it. Yes, you did. <laughs> to the community, it's uh, it's it's very interesting, and it's obviously great to hear what uh, what other folks are doing. Not only you know, because in my in my opinion, um, sometimes. Art can be a bit saturated, uh, you know, in, in, in certain views of folks. You know, when you mention art, they mention, oh, snooty stuff, you know, and it's very high end. I, I don't belong to this. And on the contrary, what you bring to the table is actually that humble part of the artist. They're here. They're talking about their project, that they're knowledgeable and very educated. Yes, they are. But that actually conveys what exactly what you're trying to get out of it and trying to express what these artists are doing here for the city and in their own lives internationally or who knows with the universe. Right. And we brought people from the universe into the station too, to show how they're acting and reacting with the art scene here. And, you know, artists, some artists make art and they don't care if anyone sees it, but most people who are creative, they want to share it. And I, I feel that I have the opportunity and the responsibility and the passion for doing that, to bringing the voice of contemporary art on the air. So that's why I think we fill a neglected niche in media coverage of art and with critical dialogue that's essential to art growing and evolving like any other creative field. And... We've brought in people from the center of things, well-known guests. We've mm-hmm. brought in fringe people. And we do have over 20,000 listeners a month. Correct. That's, uh, and that's, uh, that's uh, amazing. It's a, good, it's a good run. It's a great run. I mean, there are billions of people in this world, so we still, you know, sky's the limit. <laughs> Honestly, it would be great to say, well, one day we hit the billion people. I want that. And that, uh, that would be very, very nice. I think it it would be fantastic. I think we could say that we're doing a great job. So far. (laughs) So far. And, you know, we brought in the Everglades. We brought in black identity in filmmaking. We've brought in virtual reality and a beginning of an art tech series. Sky's the limit, as you say, Mm -hmm. on the number of listeners. Sky's the limit on the um, reach of what we can do, the Fat Village Art District was really fun. 
Very we cool. did the Caribbean vibe of Miami recently. Mm-hmm. That was cool. And next week, we're going to be doing uh, Subtropics, mm. the sound art festival that took place just this summer and still has exhibitions going on at the Art Center South Florida. Correct. And more. That's, more. That's more. fantastic. I, I actually didn't get to touch too much on Subtropics, but, uh, you know, a, a lot of folks um, around town, like when we're out having a beer somewhere, uh, they'll tell us a little bit about what that what that was about, and uh, and I found it I found it very very cool, um, a little under the radar in a in in a way, but the lineup was just fantastic. You it's, know, they had people from all over, um, which I thought was great. You know, and uh, and and unheard of. Yeah, and it's their twenty fourth one. Wow. And I feel like they have a lot of. They've, space to grow too, oh, yeah. for wow. sure. So that's that's going to be an, an interesting show. Yeah, but it's it's international. We're going to have uh, at least two guests and representation of at least five sound art projects and performances will be aired on the show next week. So oh wow, phenomenal! Be very cool. Wow. So Kathy, before we even get uh, we get uh, into a couple more details and stuff that we want to share, I wanted to ask you, and and coming from you, I thought it'd be interesting to uh to define contemporary art you know how you see it as far you know define it to the listener uh so they can have you know maybe if they're just coming in right now and listening and and have never heard of the concept contemporary art because sometimes i want to say we we take it for granted in a way because we know you know we deal in the art world we know what contemporary art is but for someone that has no clue what uh, what art is, I think it would be a good thing to clear. Okay, that's a tough question, but mm. thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, contemporary art is art of the moment. Mm. That means it's mostly, I would say, I'm not thinking of traditional media as much as I am, although it can be traditional media with a conceptual backdrop. Mm-hmm. It could be art that's activism in itself. It could be art that interacts with the ecology, making new statements about the world that we live in. Hmm. And it can also just be beautiful, formalist, abstract paintings. It could be figurative paintings. But as you know, we had that black portraiture Mm -hmm. show a few months ago, and we were talking about how culture is represented through image through the body and contemporary image of African, uh, of black figures, has a whole new meaning right now, as mm-hmm. you know, in the global context. Oh, yeah. So the meaning of contemporary art for me is art that has a relationship with today. Mm, very interesting. Pro- probably even breaking the norm, you know, you had the. Uh, the, the the standard, you know, Mona Lisa, wow, that is beautiful art, you know, but if you come and flip it a little bit or add your, your touch to it, obviously that might be considered in, in our day and age, I guess. Right? It could, but I mean, that that could have, that was contemporary art at one point. Ah, true. So it's, you know, it's, almost it's like art of the moment. Art of the moment, like the here and now. Yeah. Oh. I think so. I think that's a good definition. And again, the conceptual backdrop. Mm-hmm. The research-based work, the work that wants to say something about what's going on in the world or do something Mm -hmm. about what's going on, change agent, 
type work, work that considers climate issues, politics. You name it. Yes. I think that it's also the media that's part of contemporary art ranges from traditional to new media. Uh, some art you can't hold in your hand at all. It's performance. It's here and gone. Mm. Sound art is a realm that seems so logical for us to cover on this show because it's a sonic experience of art in the first place. Not everything you'll hear will be sound art what, at all. Right. This, this uh, Everglades songbook that Jose Elias did I in love the Everglades. Him. He's the best. So gorgeous. He's amazing. So all these things are make contemporary art meaningful for me to share with you. And I just want to take this moment to say, as you know, that the, the awards aren't announced. We are finalists. We're feeling very positive about it. We do need continued support of our listeners. So we got a big boost from our listeners and followers to send us to all those places John mentioned this summer and bring it back to Miami. And one of those experiences is the show today, mm -hmm. Documenta 14 in Germany. Mm. If you like what you're hearing and you want to support what we do, click on the support button on freshartinternational.com and you can become a member of our growing community of supporting members, or you can give us a one-time boost. Mm. In any case, if we get the night grant, when we get the night grant, it's a matching grant. So we will need the support of our community to move forward with all we want to do, all we want to bring to you. That's phenomenal. And I think, uh, you know, just uh, now that you mentioned this and funds and raising and stuff like that, which is also really fun. And, and, and not only that, but you, you figure out how much people really support the locals you know it's it's very important you know any any kind of donation goes a very very long uh stretch so make sure to make it and with that i have to say that uh we will be celebrating our seven year anniversary and that's going to be september 30th at gramps winwood um if you look up gramps bar on google you'll obviously see and it's a that it's a very very cool fun spot and uh, it's going to be our seven years, so... That's right. And I heard I'm going to get a slot. Yeah, exactly. So, so, so if that's you're listening right now and yeah. you want to be my guest that night, oh, yeah. write me a note. If you're an artist, a culture maker in Miami that wants to be discovered the night of Jolt Celebration, <laughs> write me a note, Kathy at FreshArtInternational.com, and I'd be pleased to meet you. Mm, very, very nice idea. I was also thinking you can also, uh, you know, you can meet Kathy Bird in person at uh, at Gramps uh, that evening. We'll be having, uh, well, it's going to be a lot of surprises. Uh, ideally, we're going to do a live broadcast from there, uh, and she'll be sitting down with the guests or whatever we come up with, uh, yeah. which we'll be posting very soon and keep you guys uh, in the loop with all the details. But it'll be great to also, uh, you know, maybe uh, raise some funds at the at the Jolt uh, at the Jolt um, seven year anniversary. That would be cool. I think uh, <laughs> ideas are flowing, Kathy. They are. Ideas they really are, are. And I'm thinking, if you're listening and you have ideas of places you think would be cool for remote live broadcasts for Fresh mm. Art International, that you also reach out to me. 
because that is my goal for 2018 is to get out in the field, not just collect the field recordings and bring them back, but take the <laughs> listeners there. That would be amazing. I have a couple ideas that popped in and I'm, you know, off air is when the magic happens. I always say it's, it's so crazy because, you know, we I always tell people do not talk too much so that way we can share it on air on the breaks you know and not just leave it for the behind the scenes when people don't really get to enjoy that conversation congratulations kathy thank you wow we'll know on december 4th december 4th is the day meantime you know? stay tuned for more contemporary art talk oh, right yeah. here <laughs> and hold your breath for a minute get ready for documenta 14 a sonic experience a Tale of Two Cities. You guys are going to love this. Enjoy and uh, make sure to tune in next week because next week we do have a really, really fun show with the Subtropics folks. And uh, congratulations again, Kathy. We're crossing our fingers and, you know, and hopefully this happens. Thank you, John. Have a great morning, folks. And here we go with uh, Documenta 14. It's a really, really interesting show that we hope you guys like. Fresh Art International presents conversations about creativity in the 21st century. This is Fresh Art International. I'm Kathy Bird. Today we're sharing the sounds of our encounters with the 14th iteration of the international art exhibition known as Documenta. This is a tale of two cities. That's because in 2017, the highly respected exhibition that originated in the year 1955 in Kassel, Germany, extends its reach to Athens, Greece. Athens opened first, and Castle a month later. Artistic director Adam Shimchik and his curatorial team invited more than 200 artists to present projects in both locations. Because I'm interested in how the exhibition communicates with the world outside the art scene, I decide to explore the work of these artists. Emeka Ogbo, Rashid Arain, Yoar Nango, Rick Lowe, William Pope L., and Audubong Nkanga. Let's set the tone with a quatrain from Ali Marali's Fugue Art Project. The Syrian-born violinist performed this piece during opening ceremonies. Now based in Germany, Morali fled from the war in Syria in 2013 with only his suitcase and his violin.
Our experience begins in Athens. Politics and geography have a lot to do with the fragile economic and social conditions in Greece. Athens has become a beacon, a waypoint for refugees en route to Europe, fleeing from Syria, Afghanistan, and other unstable environments. Arriving a month after the press preview, I navigate the city on my own. It's like a treasure hunt to find the venues using Documenta's map. Many artists have already moved on to Castle to prepare for the second opening. I meet the Athenians left behind to animate the exhibition. They're guiding visitors, organizing community projects, and sparking public programs. But first, some ambient Athens. A white reggae band? Yes, playing next to the ancient Agora, or marketplace, near Montesteraki Square. A bit of pop radio I heard during an Uber ride. An accordion player haunting outdoor cafes beneath the Acropolis. In Athens, Documenta 14 occupies venues across the city. My first stop and my favorite, the Conservatoire, the oldest music school in modern Greece. A friendly team watches over all the venues in Athens. In fact, Documenta's organizers gave them a special title. They're called Invigilators. Here's how one explains his role and introduces the Synthi 100, centerpiece of an interactive installation by the Contemporary Music Research Center. CMRC was founded in 1979 in Athens to develop electroacoustic music and sound practices in Greece. What are all the roles that an invigilator could play well, in documenting? We make sure that people don't touch the artwork. We give direction as to where each artwork may be. So, if, for example, if you ask me where Noel Ketley's installation is, I would show you there at that point. Or where's the toilet, where the cloakrooms and stuff. So we're actually not obliged to know about the artwork, but it's um, or obliged to explain to people what it is. But we still do it because it's, it's better that way. Otherwise, we just stand and uh, be annoying. It's yeah. more interesting. Yeah, it's more interesting right. for us. We don't get paid to do it, but we do it anyway. So what did you just demonstrate for me? Uh, the Synthi 100, how it works with the microphone down there. And uh, yeah. You provoked a reaction I that I just reaction. recorded. I made sounds and uh, the synthesizer changed those sounds, like translated those sounds into music or uh, noise or I don't know what you would call it, but music, I guess, yeah. Weird sounds from the And what is the name of my personal invigilator? I'm Emil, <laughs> and this is, uh, I'm taking care of the Synthi 100. And that is the project of? Of the CMRC, the Contemporary Music Research Center. And uh, it was built in around 1971, and, but still it, uh, it broke, it malfunctioned. And then 20 or 30 years later they fixed it, they were finally able to fix it. 
and yeah, here it is. And they played a concert as well. But uh, I think in the beginning of, of April in the concert hall, and now it's here and it's demonstrating the use of it, the different use of it, not being played but being uh, uh, interacting with uh, the noises of the place it is. Like here, now the sounds it produces now, I believe it's because of we are speaking and people move down there. It takes up a lot it's of capturing uh, the energy, it's capturing of the energy and uh, movement, movement, and I believe it works by um, by wind, maybe because if you blow on I it, I saw uh, you. Yeah, it does like this, and it works most of the time. But they change the setting, so each time it's different. Like um, two days mm -hmm. ago, you could it reacted more. Uh, like violently to wind, I could just do very slowly blow into it, and it would make like a lot of sounds. And then if I spoke, it wouldn't react that much. So it changes, it changes a lot. In the darkness of the conservatory's raw concrete auditorium, I enter the multi-channel sound installation of Nigerian-born artist Emeka Ogbo, titled "The Way Earthly Things Are Going." Spanning the front wall. An LED monitor conveys real-time global stock indexes. I walk among speakers that encircle the space to capture the sound of women singing. I learn it's a polyphonic song that intones on a world in crisis. These voices describe an emotional landscape of wandering and yearning, of pain, loss, and the urge to survive.
Zemeka Ogbo's pensive sound installation in Athens. Keep listening to hear what he created for Castle, a project that stimulates different senses. Emerging from the darkness of the conservatory's auditorium, I discover the inner courtyard that Norwegian-born artist Yuar Nango has turned into an organic environment. Here he's laid reindeer pelts across the ground inside a makeshift tent. Gongs, wind chimes, shrouded loudspeakers, and tubes of neon light hang from the trees. The setup evokes the life ways of reindeer herders in the artist's home country. I'll meet Nago for a conversation in Castle. For now, I get to know him by wandering through his encampment and recording fragments of an Arctic soundscape designed by Swedish sound artist Anders Rempi. I walked to Kotsia Square to meet sculptor and scholar Rashid Arain at the site of his project. Born in Pakistan, Arain lives in London. His project, Food for Thought, Thought for Change, has taken shape as a multicolored food tent. This is a popular gathering place. Locals and visitors can enjoy a free lunch here every day. He invites visitors to participate. Uh, the food is, let's say, a mean. Uh, for human interaction uh, because um, people do not come here just to eat. They come here to communicate, exchange thoughts, beliefs, experiences. Uh, the artist wanted people to talk about social change, uh, but it's also a free-themed you know, project. You can talk about whatever you, you might like. It's free, so it can be accessible to anyone, from uh, you know, someone who comes for Documenta. Uh, for someone who works uh, near Kojia Square to a refugee, because art must be accessible to everyone. What has been the response of people that live and work in the area? uh, They participate. Some of them come more than one time. What is the menu today? Uh, Today is pork uh, with rice, uh, salad and uh, dessert. Every day is something different. What are the recipes you shared for this pavilion? I kebab. How do you make kebab? Yeah. Biryani, with rice, different vegetables. What motivated the design of this space? What is extraordinary about this project? 
this was done collectively by a group of people in Athens without my supervision. I only made the initial drawing and wrote down the ideas what it was meant for. I came here six months ago and talked to architects, talked to documented people and went back and they did themselves everything. How do you like oh, the outcome? It's a great project. It's beautiful. It is the achievement of collective power. That's super. Well, that's what it's about. What do you want people to remember about this project when it's gone? I hope they have realized that there is something they can do themselves. They shouldn't be dependent on people like me. They can use their own creative abilities to create things which are good for themselves and good for the society as a whole. I join one of the luncheon parties. Our plein air dining room is a tented platform where we sit on folding chairs around a wooden table. The server brings us fresh water in a silver pitcher, a basket of bread, and plates of freshly prepared food. A local organic farmer is the source of all the produce. Naturally, I turn on my recorder. How did you find out about the tent? Just passing by and asking. So she's um, she's a pensioner. She's retired, and uh, her kids are both unemployed, so they're looking for jobs now. So she's uh, yeah, she's she's looking for as well. So how about you? Well, I'm, I'm just a tourist. I uh, just passing by and I just, yeah. I remember someone told me about this one, so I, yeah, came close to have a look. After lunch, I make my way on foot to the Victoria Square project at the heart of Athens' most diverse neighborhood. American Rick Lowe, a community activist who sparked the transformative project Row Houses in Houston, Texas, is the creative energy behind this project. Lowe began immersing himself in Athens from the moment he arrived, walking the neighborhood, meeting with community leaders, hanging out to play dominoes with residents, and inviting local artists, activists, and architects to join him in a roots-up community-building process. Oddly enough, the Victoria Square project made it into the 2017 Lonely Planet Guide as an Athens attraction. Architect Ellie Christaki, a project assistant, welcomes me to the space where I see evidence of local engagement. A table loaded with knitted toys, maps and photographs on the walls, and stacks of newspapers with a masthead that reads one to one. What are the goals of this space? There is a newspaper weekly every Friday that is issued and it's called one to one. 
It has two interviews from individual business owners, but maybe a goal it would be later. Uh, one-to-one can be the community talking to the, to the municipality about what is happening and how they want to see this area changing. It was a really nice way for the business owners also to understand what we are trying to do here. This is something that they are now waiting for and they want to be part of it. And uh, They want to be featured? Exactly. What are the refugee communities that are calling this neighborhood home? From uh, Afghan, Syrians, but it used to be a transit point also in the past. Uh, so, I mean, you have many communities. You have Albanians, Georgians, uh, from Poland. Uh, it's one of the points that uh, the moving people of the city come also to find their home here. They say that they hear of Victoria Square even when they are out of Athens. So it's a, a point that they know in the city before coming here. It's a destination yes. where they feel they'll find people that understand exactly. where they're coming from, literally. Yes. What kind of activities go on in the space for the community? We have workshops, like uh, clay workshops, knitting, and uh, next week we have embroidery f- uh, from the Ukrainian community and uh, we do book presentations from local writers, music nights, also locals. Ubuntu Drum and Dance with the Mandela Gals, performing on the street outside the Victoria Square project space during this year's citywide African Fest in Athens, Greece. The Victoria Square project will continue to generate programs and events, extending past the run of Documenta. Next year, Rick Lowe will consult with his local team and community members to decide if there's a reason to keep going and how. Fast forward to Castle, Germany, where American artist William Pope L. has insinuated his whispering campaign into parks, public squares, cafes, and, of course, exhibition venues. In fact, the artist has placed his whispers in more than 40 sites around Athens and Castle, projected from both hidden and visible speakers, and occasionally murmured by ambient performers, the whispers center on the relationship of Castle to Athens with a mix of art historical time loops, spy stories, and stream-of-consciousness conversations between the artist and himself, read in English, German, and Greek. Here's one I caught in the hallway of the Neue Gallery in Kassel. and a flashback of whispering I encountered in the Athens Conservatoire. 
Quite the opposite of Pope L's ephemeral whispering campaign, here's one documenta project you can take home in your hand. Nigerian artist Audubon Nkanga has essentially launched a startup with one foot in Greece and the other in Germany. Her product? Handmade organic soap. I meet project team member Lena Hobish on a street corner near one of the temporary exhibition venues in Castle. The outfit she's wearing is designed with a narrow shelf that curves around her waist, allowing her to demonstrate the soap's rare qualities. Autobong's project is, um, it's called Calf to Flow, which already tells you a lot about the dynamic of it. It is constructed in three phases. So uh, phase one um, was Athens. She built a workshop to develop the recipe to this soap that contains seven oils, sage, coconut oil, olive oil, shea butter, <laughs> babazook butter, bailey. The magic ingredient is um, charcoal. The soaps are being made in Kalamata, that part of Greece. A lot of love goes into there because it's just one family hand making them. The only way for you to purchase one of those soaps is if you actually engage with the project. With the money we make from the soaps, we'll be building um, a laboratory in Athens for locals to learn how to produce soap. How much are the soaps selling for? One soap is 20 euros and you can't bargain. You can't, we don't take change. Everyone's just allowed to take one soap at a time, you know, like just come and buy five because it's again about the experience, about the knowledge, about the awareness. Um, you get a poem in the packaging, one of the poems she's written during that process. You get to take that home and create your own experience with it. Sound artist Anders Rempi composed this audio track for Yuar Nango's installations in Greece and Germany. I catch up with Nango one evening in Castle, just minutes before a live performance in his space. Tell me about the journey that has brought you to Documenta, like literally, in a, a red van. Yep. I got the invitation to participate in an exhibition called Learning from Athens 
there's no other way for me to learn and to experience that's like for me the real way to to learn so I packed my studio in my big Mercedes printer seven meter long and three meter tall the biggest Mercedes printer van you can get uh, and drove the 5,000 kilometers from Tromsø to Athens through Eastern European route through the Baltic countries through Poland through uh, Romania Bulgaria and over the mountains and down into Athens and the Mediterranean Sea um, what did you do along the way you did you stop and perform talk to people yes all of that not so much performance I guess uh, I'm interested in nomadic architecture I'm interested in temporality I'm interested in how materials and man in uh, motion relate to each other uh, I'm interested in mobile architecture and temporality so um, for me it was interesting to actually to think about Europe as a piece of land try to look beyond the borders and the political puzzle or economical puzzle that the EU represent and and look at the material and human qualities of Europe through my journey so with open arms and blinded eyes I just embraced all the meetings and the interventions that happened throughout my, my journey and uh, that's what kind of constitutes the palette or the building blocks of the project that I then started building when I arrived in Athens. Right, and and then from Athens back north. Yeah, so building the event space, European everything, which I called it in Athens, uh, with all these building blocks from all over Europe and also with local materials outsourced in an old scrapyard that I had in Athens. Uh, I saw I, photos. Yeah, you did. Projected from the uh. van. Were those some of the scrapyards? Yes, yards? exactly. That's where I was building. I rented a space on a scrapyard in Eleonos, a suburb, suburban area of Athens, uh, which is super interesting. There's a lot of shady businesses. This is like real kind of post-capitalist uh, sort of space where a lot of uh, DIY initiatives and a lot of creative, you know, material technologies uh, beyond uh, very large kind of factories are happening. So I was interested in that, and I worked and collaborated with a lot of these craftsmen to do that and built this space. That's what you did in Athens, but then you brought it I, here. Yeah. You brought fragments of it here. I was supposed to pack the whole space and move from Athens to Kassel with it and reinstall it here in Kassel. But um, it turned out so nice in Athens, and the trees that I brought from my father's summer grazing land in northern Norway they looked so beautiful in this uh, marble-surrounded green park atrium in Athens that I didn't have the heart to take them down, so I left them there. It really was magical. What I did when I came to Kassel, I brought my, my reindeer pelts and I brought, brought the E, the, the big metal stage that I constructed out of an old sign from an abandoned factory in northern Greece reading Eskimo, a refrigerator factory. Uh, so that E is, has become some core uh, spine of the whole project and, and I, so I brought this E to Kassel where I reinstalled it in the space then I made a, a new remix of the European everything performance or event space So Eskimo, European, everything, it, the E, the, the, the E, e works. is everywhere. Yeah. The E is everything. Yeah, <laughs> I, in a weird way uh, sort of built a lot of stories around the E. I think it's really interesting, I was just in Norway and experienced the history of Sami through traditional yoiking. And then to see your interpretation of it, this borderless idea, it's pretty cool. You're still carrying the pelts. 
still, still have the reindeer. Still have the reindeer pals, and we still have the seal skins. We still have the neons from the same sign, which is beautifully arranged in some kind of a abstract, uh, colorful, spatial neon painting in the space, uh, hanging over the black painted, very graphic, four and a half meter long steel E. And those uh, components, I think, create some kind of a, a bit like a almost like a spatial logo or brand or some kind of recognizable connection between Athens and here. As you see, space has expanded into public space like all my projects usually do. I'm very interested in these kind of negotiations that happen when you start working as an artist with practical material transformation processes in public space. Like how much is too much? How can you, what can you actually do? How much can you, noise can you make? Can you make fire? You know, all these kind of questions. Are we having fire tonight? We are having fire. We have a, a Roma coppersmith that has made his own little kelm out of an old bicycle and a, and a vacuum cleaner. And we're using the kelm to barbecue food. That's another component in this project. And what will we hear tonight? There's a performance associated with this. Yeah, so we're now actually in only 10 minutes. We are starting a, a performance with four different uh, musical performers that are here to activate the stage and event space. Uh, it is uh, Uyarak, who is a, a Greenlandish Inuit uh, a producer and beat maker. And then we have uh, Josef Tarak Petrusen, who is a 18-year-old, very explicit and super talented young uh, rapper, also Inuit from Greenland, Nuuk. Nuuk is the capital of uh, hip-hop in Europe right now, without wow. doubt. There's a lot of things happening there. And then we also have two Sami musicians. Uh, one is Vimme Sari, who is a traditional joiker. And then we have the electronic artist and sound artist, uh, Anders Rimpi, who is doing uh, some kind of a mix for Yusuf and also some ambient uh, soundscapes for Vimme to joik on top of. So it's all like different, four different artists that are sort of meeting each other across cultures and also across their musical expressions and disciplines. Here's a performance by Tarek, a young rapper, with his producer, Uyarak. Yeah, back then, when I made my album. So this is a kind of a song about that. Yeah. And we are from Greenland. Me and him, my DJ. Uyarak.
sensory experience that artist Emeka Ogbo brings to Castle. His project involves 50,000 bottles of craft beer, billboards, a television commercial, and a radio jingle. Consulting with Africans living in Germany, Ogbo created the recipe for a special beer now available at Documenta 14 and in local markets. Sufferhead is a stout that comes in a black bottle. The name is taken from a political hymn by Fela Kuti. Nigeria's pioneer of Afrobeat music. With his brew, the artist addresses the politics of race, nationalism, and migration.
The Sufferhead jingle is just one of the ways that artist Emeka Ogbo is introducing his project to Castle. Another is a billboard that asks, Wer hat Angst von Schwarz? Who's afraid of black? This question resonates all too deeply with rising incidents of racial and ethnic violence the world over. In truth, most of the projects in Documenta 14 respond to acute global concerns. These artists encourage us to speak and act, individually and collectively, to cultivate tolerance, openness, and sustainable environments wherever we live, work, and travel. For more news, views, and sounds of this exhibition, visit freshartinternational.com. You'll find us anywhere you go for podcasts. If you like what you're hearing, please let us know at freshartintl. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more contemporary art talk.